0: Greetings everyone and welcome to our 217faith.church Thanksgiving week service. Where we believe in preaching a godly biblical perspective, putting others first, and living out a Christ-like faith in action. We greet you in the name of the Lord and we hope that you will indeed hear God's word today and be moved to put your own faith to work. Amen. I'd like to direct you to our ministry website 217faith Dot church where you may find previous services and other teachings to aid you in your own Christian walk also there you will find opportunities to put your faith into action this month our family we are going to support local organizations they are providing Christmas assistance to needy families our choice will be our local Salvation Army unit here in the Tampa area but we encourage you to minister to those in your community who need it the most If it is the Salvation Army in your community, then great. But please do what you can. Next month, by the time this message comes out, it'll be almost December. We're hoping and looking forward to supporting Smile Train Ministry. More on that next month. But help us to put our faith into action for those in need this holiday season. That they may be reminded of the love and grace of God. So join us in bringing these precious gifts of hope and substance to those who truly need it most this season. Please visit our ministry website, 217faith.church, for more details on, indeed, putting your faith into action. Also, don't forget our resources for helping you through your own Christian journey. Our book, The Wilderness Experience, we believe can help you to discover hope in God's plan for your life. And praying through the Psalms will guide you in discovering the wisdom of God's written word for every day situation. Both of them are available through our ministry website. And we pray that God will bless your life through the experiences of these two books, these wonderful uh, resources. Our scripture reading for today comes from the wonderful book of Philippians. In Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to be reading verses 4-4. Through seven. So follow along with us as we read God's word. And the word of God says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say, Rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard. Our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. May God indeed grant us understanding and wisdom as we study his word together today. So we want to talk about gratitude and Thanksgiving. It makes sense, right? Thanksgiving Day is just a couple of days away. But have you ever thought about the meaning of these two terms and how interconnected they are with one another? Going by simply the dictionary's st- uh, definition, gratitude is an inward feeling for kindness we have received. By comparison, thanksgiving is an outward impulse, if you will, or an expression of such an act of love towards us. So, in other words, having or being gratitude or having a, a, grat- a grateful heart means that we are being thankful. One we experience internally and the other one we proclaim to the world in action. Thus, it is the same emotion expressed in two separate ways. Indeed, Thanksgiving translated in Spanish means acción de gracias. I don't know if you knew that, which is actually gratitude in actions. It's awesome how different languages capture a deeper meaning, right? And trust me, there's plenty for us to be thankful for. I do believe that. I believe that every single day. There's a wonderful church hymn that encourages us to count our blessings and to name them one by one, and it will surprise us what the Lord has done. In other words, when we internalize the kindness and mercy of God, and it produces in us an inward gratitude, then we should be willing to outwardly express to others the goodness of God. In fact, I challenge you, do it now. Do it. Uh, make some notes. Perhaps after you're we're done with the service today, take a moment and think about all the things you could be thankful for. Write them down. Think about them. Then tell other people and let your Thanksgiving bring hope to them. Why? Because the scriptures remind us that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow in turning. Kind of funny that the scripture refers to God as a father of light, right? We're also going into Christmas and we love to put lights and decorate everything all over the place. Of his own will, the scripture says, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruit of his creatures and creations. Friends, therefore, if you feel grateful, then it is hopefully because of what God is doing in you and through you. So why not live it out with an attitude of thanksgiving? Yet we could also say that it is easy to be filled with gratitude and express it through our acts of thanksgiving when everything is going according to plan, right? Of course it is. It's always easier to be grateful when things are going the way we hope. But how should we react when things don't go as expected, when all we hope for does not materialize, when the person or or that relationship we have been praying for doesn't come through, or or that career move or the opportunity they will once again to be of service to others does not come about or somehow refuse. This is the call I believe we read about earlier from Paul, where he says, even in these situations, do not be anxious, but be hopeful. You see, the Apostle Paul was writing to the church in Philippi, kind of a cool sounding city, which is in the northern side of Greece for us today. And by now, he has been encouraging them. And in this particular chapter we read today, he continues to cheer them on and and ensure that the believers there uh, make sure that they are focusing uh, not on their trials and concerns, but that they can keep their eyes on he who deserves all the glory and honor, right? Regardless of their circumstances. And of course, that is God, our maker, our creator. The letter to the Philippians is truly all about telling the listener to allow the Holy Spirit of God to bring truth into their lives. And so he gives us beautiful passages in chapter 4 that we could memorize, that we could walk through them time and time again when we're feeling less than loved, when we truly are the children of God, right? When we feel less than what we are and we can see who we are in God's eye and we can be reminded of his grace and his love. Of course, it is uh, human of us to feel these emotions. I I do not believe that God takes it against us when we worry a little too much, as long as we remember to return to him and put our trust in his plan whenever we do feel especially low. You see, the Christian walk of faith is meant to be one of growth and action, as we learn to believe with confidence that God will accomplish his good works. The good works that he has begun in us, Paul says elsewhere in the, in the letter to the Philippians. And as we learn not to fear an early end, because my friends, life truly begins after we pass from this earth into eternity. As we learn to reflect our inward experience with God outwardly into the world that so desperately needs to hear about his works of grace that he wants to do in each other's lives. But how do we go about this? Well, Paul, the writer, says we have to ask. We have to seek God. We have to come to him for the help that we need, when we need it, to face whatever the future may throw our way. And so the church in Philippi, you see, uh, remained very close to Paul in, in their encouragement and financial support of his ministry throughout the known world. Nearly 10 years after Paul had established it, he is now writing to them, first of all, to thank them, but also to warn them about the possible heresies that could creep in. And we're going to cover this uh, topic further in the next uh, week or so. Indeed, we too must be on our guards. It is so easy for lies to creep into the church, into our families when everything is going great. How? Well, here's some examples. When we put denominations before God's will and purpose. When we elevate Christian writers before God's word. When we put our own bias and unforgiving behavior before God's perfect will for his creation. When we put the opinion of pastors, celebrities, or government officials before the reassuring, ongoing work of grace of God's Holy Spirit. Again, just to mention a few. You see, the Holy Spirit that I'm talking about is the very same spirit that Paul addresses three different times throughout this letter to the Philippians. By the way, give it a read. The entire letter is just a couple of chapters. Shouldn't take you too long. The spirit who will accomplish God's purpose. The spirit who promotes fellowship in the church, breeding singleness of purpose and maintaining a community of love. The Holy Spirit who directs the worship of true believers. Wow, this sounds like, like a pretty interesting uh, sermon, and, and we should definitely uh, 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 dig a little deeper into it. Perhaps we'll get to it around uh, at the beginning of next year. Through the lens of these faithful actions, we must try to understand our scripture for today. You see, the recipe that Paul shares is not something that we will achieve on our own, but only by the inspiration, direction, and motivation of God's Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. I'm talking about Philippians 4, uh, verses 4 through 7 that we just read. For you see, the Spirit of God is the one that reminds us to rejoice, which, as we have already indicated, is the action of experiencing joy, right? So we rejoice when we experience joy because we're grateful, because we have joyful hearts, all because the Spirit of God is at work in us. It is the Holy Spirit of God that will help us and as the apostle paul says in philippians 4 he says don't worry about anything don't get stressed out over things that you cannot control but with prayer ask god who hears our hearts and with thanksgiving know that because he has brought joy to our lives before as long as we are walking in his plan he will bring joy again so rejoice when you pray knowing that god is with you Isn't that a beautiful thing to hear? Trust them in all circumstances. For you see the opposite of all that we're saying is true. When we we are not rejoicing, we are fretting, right? We get upset. We make poor choices and we let other people upset us and draw us down to their ignorance. Letting our situation and our feelings of fear and anxiety take over our lives. There's a great story I heard recently about a donkey who decided to argue with a leopard that the grass is blue to this the leper replied, absolutely not it is green blue said the donkey green replied the leper the argument continued until the donkey demanded that they go see the king to settle this argument when they got to the king of course it was the lion the donkey jumped in and began to tell the king that the leper was being difficult. He was being irrational even, refusing to agree with him and calling him a liar by saying that the grass was green when in fact it is blue. The donkey then insisted that the king punish the leper for refusing to see things his way. The leper to, attempted to make his case. Your majesty, this guy is crazy. I mean, look, we are standing on green grass, it is not blue. The king stood up and proclaimed that indeed the leopard would be punished. And then he looked at the donkey and he said, you see the grass as blue in your head and no one will change that. The donkey walked away feeling proud of himself, feeling like he had absolutely won that battle. The leper again approached the king and said, your grace, Why are you punishing me? The grass is clearly green, isn't it? And the king replied, I'm not punishing you for the color of the grass. Obviously, the grass is green. I am punishing you because you have made the poor choice of arguing with a fool. You see, nothing, said the king, will change his mind. But for you to engage him means that you have allowed him to steal truth from you. Let us be careful that we do not engage people who are simply in the business of stealing truth uh, from us. When we make a poor choice and we argue or we take the wrong path or worse, we choose to worry about any given thing. We turn away from our faith in God, our trust in him. And we begin to let the actions of others affect our commitment to the truth of God. You see grace in our lives. And before long, we get lost in, in their despair, in their falsehoods, as we forget about God's promises of grace in our lives. Here's one more great story for you. One of Napoleon Bonaparte's back in, in the French eras, one of his generals, uh, George Moler Manessa was his name, Massena, uh, suddenly appeared with 18,000 soldiers before an Austrian town uh, that could not defend itself. The town council, uh, full of doubt and fear, met and they believed that surrender was the only answer. The old dean of the church reminded the council that it was indeed Easter weekend and he begged them to hold services as usual and to leave the trouble of the French in God's hand. And so the townspeople followed his advice. As he always did every year, the dean went up to the church bells and he rang them to let the community know that the service was going to begin. Unbeknownst to them, the French soldiers heard the church bells ring, and they concluded that the Austrian army had come to rescue the town, so they broke up their camps, and before the bells had ceased ringing, they were riding away from the town. Friends. When we trust in God, even amidst an impossible situation, a losing situation, things always work out in the end. When we don't, our anxieties take over our days. You see, anxiety is faith in reverse, faith in the negative. When we feel anxious, we trust in the unpleasant things. We, we trust in the assurance of disasters. We, we believe in that we are defeated. It is wasting time, uh, today's time, if you will, to clutter up tomorrow's opportunities with yesterday's troubles. You see, I read once that a dense fog covering a seven-city block area, 100 feet deep, is composed of no less than one glass of water divided into millions and millions of tiny drops. Not much there, right? But it can cripple an entire city. And perhaps we are worrying about nothing. And then then when I don't have anything to worry about, then I worry about the fact that I don't have anything to worry about. You see, that's the problem with anxiety. It tends to be a self-fulfilling prophecy that gets us deeper and deeper into our heads. And yet Paul says not to give into our anxiety, but to pray. Pray God's promises as Paul shares them with us here. Pray through the Psalms and walk in the shadow of hope of those who have struggled before us, but have found victory, found joy in the faithfulness of God. Pray for God's will to be done regardless of our current situations. Do you think that maybe you're the only person that has ever felt anxiety? I have. It happens to the best of us. For example, we could look at some of our favorite Bible characters. When Joshua was getting ready to take over the leadership of the people of God and march them into the promised land, God came to him and reminded him, Have I not commanded you? He said, Be strong and a good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you. Wherever you go, God must have seen something in Joshua's face that he's felt it necessary to remind him. God is with you. In writing one of his most recognizable Psalms, King David reminds us that though we may walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And then David proclaims, I will fear no evil or be anxious, we could say, for God is with us. He brings us direction and correction, you see? So God, through David, reminds us that he walks with us. Jesus himself, to his disciples, he encouraged them to live in the now and leave tomorrow in God's hands. This means that as Jesus puts it best, he says, we are not to worry about our lives, Jesus uh, proclaimed to them. What we will eat, what we will drink, not about our bodies, what we will put on them. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Which of you, says Jesus, by worrying, by feeling anxious, can add a few inches to your stature? I know some sure people that would like to add inches to their stature, but worrying is not the way to do it. Then Jesus says, your heavenly father knows what you need, but seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness. and." All of these things shall be added to you. Therefore, Jesus says, do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about his own things. Sufficient for the day is his own trouble. That's Matthew six twenty-five. I love that passage. Jesus reminds us that God's hand is upon us. Once again, when we worry today about tomorrow is to live tomorrow at the expense of the now. And so when we live in tomorrow, we're missing out on what God wants to do now. Think about that. If we do that, we will miss out on all the blessings and all the possible hopes that could come our way. We cannot have it both ways. It's like the man that was chasing two rabbits. At the end, both rabbits get away, right? Are you worried? Are you afraid? Are you extra anxious about your life, your family, your children, your work, your school? (sighs) My friends, there's some normal in that. But God reminds us that we need to seek him, his comfort, his peace, that he may grant it, a peace that will guard our hearts and our minds. And as Paul puts this, puts it, yes, why then must we do this? Why must we guard our minds and our hearts? You see, going back to Jesus, he spoke about this uh, at one point to another person. uh, He says, it's not what goes into a person's body that defiles him, but what proceeds from his mouth. For it comes, he says, from the heart, and that defiles a man. Jesus says, for out of the heart proceeds evil thought, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, and blasphemy. This is why we must seek the things of God first, to guard our hearts. Have you ever heard that expression, you kiss your mama with that mouth? How can we believe as believers say that we love God and by extension admit that we love our neighbors and then say and behave in such unrighteous ways? It's not possible. We are lying to ourselves in one way or another. If we are truly grateful because of what God's is, how he's moving in our lives, how we experience him daily in prayer and his word in creation, then that inward expression must match our outward projection. And being thankful and being anxious cannot go together. The psalm writer once again tells us that he hides God's word in his heart, that he might not sin against God. That's Psalm 119. From the heart comes passion, and depending on our relationship with God, it will determine if it is a selfish bodily passion that leads us to sin or a righteous, faithful action that leads us to eternal life with God. The choice remains ours. You see, then, unguarding our minds, well, that is where we invent all sorts of evil, right? And where our anxieties multiply without reason. Therefore, in the scriptures, we also read about renewing our minds, right? A renewed mind that will grasp and understand the true God and how we can live our lives according to his will for us, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Indeed, the rest of Romans chapter 12 It's a beautiful way by which Paul calls us to practice gratitude and thanksgiving after our hearts have been transformed, right? After we've guarded our hearts, after our minds have been renewed, right? And both of these things will flow from that perspective, right? Will will flow from our heart and our minds will be re-energized as a result. And so Paul reminds us there in chapter 12, he's writing to the church in Rome, but to us as well. He says, then love your love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulations, continually steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Then he says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those that weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinions. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sights of old men. And if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, Live peaceably with all men. Beloved, Paul ends, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink, for in doing so you will heap coats of fire on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil. With good. What a wonderful, wonderful reminder that when we live a life of internal gratitude for what God does in our lives, then then we are able to hourly express our thanksgiving to him in our actions and words towards others. During this season of Thanksgiving, let us think about God's goodness in our lives. And let us seek to tell others so that they too may come to experience the wonderful faithfulness of God. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, I am so grateful for all that you have done in my life. For how you have restored my hope in you. I am grateful even for those things that I still desire, which as of yet have not materialized. Father, you know this. Your plans for my life, they're perfect. Help me to continue to wait patiently that your fruit of love and joy may flow from me in all of my interactions. And Father, I don't just pray that for me, but for every person hearing these words. Holy Spirit, lead us to practice thanksgiving rather than anxiety, to hope in your grace rather than fear the world. You are in control above all. You are faithful, and I know you will see us through whatever it is that we may be experiencing if we simply trust you and seek your truth and live in your love and walk in your faith. How grateful I am today, Father. And so I thank you for all that you do in me and through me. Grant me boldness to go forth and share your hope with others, for it is for your honor and glory that I desire to do this. Thank you, God, for your plan of mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for your faith in action, which saved my soul. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for walking with me and inspiring me to live in hope according to the goodness of the Father. For we pray these things to you, God, in Jesus' name, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. As always, we are so grateful to have had you join us in this service. And we pray that you will be motivated to put your faith in God into action. So, would you please visit our website, 217faith.church, and help us to spread the word by liking and sharing, by clicking those notifications that you see below, whether uh, wherever it is that you watch our services on a weekly basis. We are truly humbled by God's calling in our lives to preach his messages of hope, of love and of invitation. So please join us, and together we can reach more who surely need a welcoming word of grace from God today. Amen. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you, and may He protect you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift His face to you and grant you peace. Until next time, I want to encourage you to go in the full assurance that God calls us to obedience and faith so that others may experience his goodness, his faithfulness, and his transformative love through our hope in him. So in Paul's own words, rejoice in the Lord's goodness. Treat others with love. Don't be anxious, but bring your request to God with gratitude and thanksgiving, and he will grant you peace. May God bless you.